And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Be consumed with developing and becoming a winning championship player, not just being a great skills player, being a winning championship player, what it takes to help your team win. Don't ever lose sight of that. Whether you commit as a ninth grader or your opportunity doesn't come until after your senior year in high school, keep developing. Be consumed with getting better. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. My guest today is the head baseball coach from the University of Virginia, Brian O'Connor. After leading the Virginia baseball program to its first NCAA National Championship in 2015, five-time ACC Coach of the Year and three-time National Coach of the Year Brian O'Connor has built his program into a college baseball powerhouse and turned Virginia baseball into a national brand. Coach O'Connor and I dissect early sports specialization, snowplow parenting, and the fear of missing the recruiting runaway train. I got another awesome guest. He's just another stud. Really pumped to have him, one of the top programs in in the country, and I'm just tickled to death to have him. The head coach, University of Virginia, the Virginia Cavaliers, and quite frankly, what I think is one of the most beautiful campuses in the country, Brian O'Connor. Coach, thanks so much for hopping on, man. Hey, Nick. Thanks thanks for having me. Um, it's, it's really an honor. I've, I've listened to uh, a few of the conversations that you've had with other coaches. Great stuff, man. You're doing great work. And, um, you know, this whole coaching thing, Nick, is we're all learning from each other, right? Um, I mean, I'll learn from this conversation. I learn from, you know, we all have mentors in our, in our coaching life, but, you know, we're all constantly learning from each other and evolving as we go along. So it's always fun to have these conversations and learn from each other. 
I appreciate you. Just, I, 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 you just made me feel you're going to learn from me. This is great. <laughs> this is great. So we're talking youth sports, athletic development, parenting, and all of these things, something you know a lot about from all your experience. And where I love to start this is this whole topic of early sports specialization. Um, where it starts is if your kid can kick a soccer ball really well or swim really well or hit a baseball well and they're six, you know, it's like, oh, my God. It's the next Tiger. It's the next Trout, Phelps. So in order to reach that level, ditch everything else, year-round, specialized, let's go. It just seems that's the, the, the formula that's being preached. Yet every athlete I play with who's been to the highest level or I've spoken to, every coach seems to really like the diversity, especially at young ages of multiple sports. What's your thoughts on the whole early sports specialization versus kids sampling and playing a variety of sports? Well, uh, Nick, I, you're you're hitting a hot topic with me because you know this is something that you know all of us have been dealing with for years, and uh, it's a really tangled web mess. Quite frankly, um, I've got some pretty strong feelings about it. Um, you know, it's it's you're exactly right. We get these young kids that you know sometimes whether it's parents feel like you know, hey, little Johnny can be the next great basketball player, football player, baseball player, whatever it is. Uh, that drives part of it. But there's also this industry that's driven it as well that I believe Nick has, has had a big impact on it. And that is, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, profiting, making money, li- their livelihoods depend on this specialization, this playing volleyball year round, right? Um, 12 months out of the year and, you know, girls not playing, you know, basketball and other sports as well. And it's, uh, you know, we've we've evolved, I really believe, in the last two decades of there's a lot of people that, you know, specialize in these types of things. And they're part of driving this. Um, a lot of the parents, you know, end up believing in it and going that direction and believe that they're put in kind of a corner in a box, Nick, that they believe that if they don't do this, if they don't play travel volleyball 12 months out of the year or travel baseball, then I'm hurting my son or, or my daughter. And, you know, I'm sad to see it because I think it's totally the wrong thinking. I I really do. I just, you know, you're talking to a guy that played multiple sports in high school, growing up and in high school. I played football, basketball, and baseball. I would give anything, Nick, to go back and play one more high school football game on Friday night, right? I mean, it was, uh, you know, just an experience that I treasure. And so... Um, but we've kind of, as, as a society, we've went away from that uh, for many of the reasons that I talked about. But, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the downside of this, of this small thinking of specialization is, you know, if you're always training, right, then you're not learning how to play to win and how to compete. One of the, the, the advantages of playing these multiple sports is you're playing to win more often, Right. Um, let's talk our sport of baseball. You know, you're playing in the spring, you're playing in the summer, you're playing in the fall and in the winter you're training or you're training all around that. But when you're training, you're not you're not competing. You're not learning how to play to win. Right. Like you would be on the football field or the basketball court. Right. And so that's one negative of the specialization. The second one, I would say, and possibly the most important would be, you know, when you're playing basketball, or you're playing football, there's plays, there's defenses that you have. In order for the team to execute a play on either side of the ball and to be successful to ultimately win the game, you have to do your part as an individual as part of a group, right? If we're playing zone defense in basketball and I don't do my job in my position, well, the whole thing breaks down and they score and we might lose the game. So there's this personal responsibility that you have as an individual to make the football play work, to make the option play work or the basketball play or whatever it is that... That's, there's great teaching moments and great value in that. 
you don't get that by training in a gym, right? And so that individual responsibility back to the group for it to work is, is so incredibly important. And then the third thing that I would share with you, Nick, is, is the leadership, right? You're not learning leadership hitting in a cage all winter or training with a trainer, right? You're learning leadership on a basketball court or a football field or whatever it might be, volleyball, whatever it is that you play, right? That you're having to lead others. You're having this responsibility that you have to step up, and we don't get that in a training session. Now, that said, is there a training component, Nick, that I think is an important part of a athlete's development? Sure there is, right? But there's, I think there's crossover that you can get a lot of that training through playing other sports. I don't even want to get into it. I'll finish with this. I don't even want to get into Nick talking about like, you know, the, 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 the medical side of it, sure. right? Are we training these muscles and training these things in one sport 12 months out of the year? And is that leading to these injuries, right? I mean, that's a whole, we're going to need an hour to talk about that. I know we don't want to get into that, but that's something to consider as well, right? So I think you can get that training on these other athletic fields while you're learning to compete and you're leading and you're playing to win. I love that. And you're right about the injury part. There's another aspect of it that I kind of want to circle into here is that you talked about briefly the injury, you know, overuse or whatever, but then you talk about the mental side, right? And I'm going to give you a scenario and then we go from here because this is what's happening a lot. You know, you, in order to play in a certain travel team or whatever, you, you got to, it's expensive. So now it becomes this investment or, you know, my kid needs lessons or whatever. And parents have, you know, you know, this is we have fear, you know, we fear our kids going to miss out. Oh my God, they're not going to get offers. They're not going to get this. So all of a sudden they leave a training center or whatever, and they just spent a hundred dollars an hour, whatever it is. And the kid wasn't going hard or after a game and we're in that car ride. They often say kids lose interest in sports in the car ride and at the dinner table by parents berating or being overzealous with their own coaching, yada, 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 but also undermining the coaches or undermining other kids talking bad about. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's a lot of pressure for young kids to have to deal with. Wow, Nick. I mean, how did you know when you called me that you're going to hit these hot spots with me? I love your questions. They're, they're spot on and they're, and they're real issues, right? Um, you know, th- th- I'll say this about the parent and the car ride home and, and, and the dinner table, right? There's a real balance. I really believe that because, you know, we can't, we can't be apathetic about what we do, right? You know, I mean, you want your young person to enjoy what they're doing, have fun, but also learn the concept of playing to win and, and the value of competition and winning, right, and having success. So I think it's a really, really fine line for parents out there of how to handle that. You know, encouragement is what I the word I like to use, right? You know, because encouragement also, you know, you can encourage your young youngster, but you can also be honest and real with them about, you know, where they need to continue to improve and things like that. So that's a really, really tough one as far as, as how to handle it. But the, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm a parent, right? I'm, I'm a parent of three, have two in college now, but then I have a young, aspiring 14-year-old uh, baseball player, right? And he plays other sports too, but, you know, he... He wants to be the best baseball player he can be. And so my responsibility as I, I got it really challenging as somebody that's in the sport, right, and is a coach. And so a lot of times my son asks me for, for my input. And I, I need to give him my honest input for him to improve. But, um, you know, when the game's over, you know, I'm going to his game tonight. When the game's over, I'm his dad. Right. Uh, when he gets in the car and drives him home, I don't need to be talking about why he didn't make that play or didn't make this play. I need to talk about giving him positive encouragement for him to 
still, like you said, love to play. They've got to want to do it. A lot of times these parents are the ones that are driving the ambition of their child, right? And so I just believe that, you know, you make it fun, you give them good encouragement and support them, you know, no matter what happens out there on the field. You know, you hear this all the time, right? You hear you hear the snowplow parent. Quite frankly, I don't even know what the definition of that is. Or no, no, snowplow. I think it's lawnmower or something. You knock down everything in front of them, clear the path for maybe the snowplow, and then helicopter, we come in and rescue them all the time. And, you know, I'll give you a good example. I'll let you go with it. My son, my, my two older boys are wrestlers. My younger one of the two loves to play sports, but I think he's potentially the quintessential intramural athlete in college. Like he loves playing, but he does not like to work very hard. Um, my second one is ultra competitive. And like when he works hard, he's the opposite of me. When he's really physically getting active, he gets pissed and he wants to go harder. That's not me. And he's really talented in the sport. And this past year, he was on a really good high school team. And on 90 plus percent of the teams, probably in the country or in the state, my son would have been the starter at the 106 pounds. He's, he's pretty good on his team. They're pretty good. The 106 kid went 51 and 0 was the state champ. So, but I had people leading up to it going, hold them back a year. You know, have them go a different way. And I'm sitting there going, why the heck? For what? Like, what does that mean? Like, what are we going to run away from competition? Like, number one, he'll get better being in that environment with that kid there. And two, he'll learn from that. He'll figure out what he needs to do to get to that level. And my point is, nowadays, coach, so-and-so is not starting. Shortstop catcher getting enough innings on their 12U team. The dad starts another team. They quit. They go here. They go there. So the path's being arranged for the kid as opposed to fighting through, working through, the adversity. And can you talk a little bit about that whole scenario, the value, and maybe sitting the bench a little, waiting your turn? I don't know. No, there's, I mean, that's the other thing in our culture that um, there's so many examples, Nick, of, you know, we're, we're trying to do it for them, right? There's, there's so many parents out there that they want their, they don't want their child to hurt. They want their child to be successful so bad, maybe in a lot of cases more than, you know, the player does, their, their son or daughter does that they're trying to pave the way for them, right? And sadly, we are teaching these young people the worst lessons we can teach them in life, right? That when things get hard to, hey, just hit reset, right? I mean, the kids are used to that culture because of all the video games, right? If the video game's not going my way, I can just press reset and start over, right? But life doesn't work that way. But what we are doing as parents, in too many cases, we are doing that for our children. We are... You know, and I know it's out of love and you don't want to see your, your, your child hurting or not be successful, but you got to reflect back. We've got to reflect back as parents of what has helped us be successful, right? What helped our, our parents' parents be successful? You know, there is a little bit, there is hardship in life, right? There is failure. Stop trying to do it for them, right? Let them do it because let me tell you, they're smarter than we give them credit for it. When we continue to try to do it for them, Nick, they know they're smart kids, right? And to think that they don't see that and know that, that we're changing the situation, that we're just going to go ahead and say, like your example, hey, he's not the shortstop on this team. You know, we're going to go travel 300 miles to go play for this team and pay more money to go do this because they promised him that he'd be the starting shortstop. They've promised him. You know, I deal with it in recruiting all the time. I, I tell kids and families all the time. Then listen, I'm not going to promise you anything other than you're going to be treated fairly and honestly, and we're going to do everything as a coaching staff and a program to support you and your teammates to have the best possible winning experience and you can develop as humanly possible. But if you want me to sit here and tell you that you're going to be a starting shortstop, you're talking to the wrong guy, right? Why is that? It's not because I don't want the player, right? I don't want him to go somewhere else. 
But if he is ever going to achieve greatness, and he's ever going to be the best player he can be, and ultimately maybe realize his dream and play at the major league level, he has to earn it, period. End of story, right? And if you just give it to them or change their situation, they're going to know. They're going to know that they didn't earn it, right? And so your scenario about your son, let him fail, right? I know it's hard as a parent. I know it's very, very hard because you don't want to see your son or daughter hurt, but you're actually doing the best thing you can for them because that's life, right? Nobody's going to hand them anything in life. So let them work through that. When they come out of it and ultimately are successful and win the job or become the best player they can be, then they will have true self-confidence and really believe that they achieved something, not that somebody just changed the situation for them to, uh, to play it. The other thing I want to, I want to just go back a little bit, Nick, and you had mentioned it in your question before about, you know, sometimes parents or players, you know, the, the complaining about the coaches and things like that. You had brought this up at the end of your last sure, question, yeah, yeah. right? Let me tell you, I, I, I'm amazed at this all the time, Nick. Any recruit that we offer and comes to campus, we'd always sit down with the parents or the player and we'd talk to them, get to know them. I'd, I'd have a series of questions for them and things like that to get to know each other a little bit, but ultimately decide, am I going to offer this young person an opportunity to come to the University of Virginia? You know, I am amazed how many people through our conversations, and I intentionally ask them, hey, tell me about your, your high school coach. You know, uh, t- tell me about your, your travel ball coach. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I'm not asking them that, Nick, to find out like what they truly, I'm asking to see what do they say about their coaches? And I am shocked to hear how many parents and kids will, you know, say not positive things about their coaches. Hmm. And I sit there and think as a college coach, well, I'm a coach. I'm sitting in the chair across from him. What are, what is, what is he or his parents going to say about me when maybe their experience doesn't go smoothly right out of the gate, right? How are they going to feel, right? So it's, it's, you know, hey, you make a decision to play for a program. You make a decision to play for a coach. Loyalty to those coaches is vital. And for the parents out there to support those coaches. And when their son or daughter comes home and starts to talk about this coach or that coach, you have an opportunity to teach them about respect, right? We have an opportunity to teach them how valuable that is in their development as an athlete and as a person. When we come back, Coach O'Connor and I discuss recruiting. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome back. Where Coach O'Connor and I left off, we were about to dive into recruiting and the fear it stokes in parents and athletes that they're missing out. Coach, you know, you brought up the recruiting and, and, and my experience, I wasn't the best baseball player. I was a little bit above average. I developed later. I was definitely a later bloomer. So I didn't really start getting looks to like literally my senior, again, this is 97. So it was a little different, uh-huh. but 97, I started getting some football looks. And, and then all of a sudden I start getting, you know, contacted for baseball. We, we had a really good year, my senior year. And, you know, I get a letter from North Carolina Wesley and from Coach Fox. I'm like, wow, you know, I go see him play. Make a long story short, you know, at that time, my ability, my development, that was the best place I can go and I can play. I mean, and I, I felt like I can play there and we were competing for national titles. But now, forget it. If kids get D2, D3 letters and AI, it's like, dude, throw them in the garbage. And I think back, my D1 team, I mean, I played with Tim Levy. Like, we were in the same uh-huh. wooden bat league together. That guy was an all-ACC shortstop. And through 93, I'm sitting there catching him like, what? This guy's out of his mind. He's so good. But it wasn't like I was like a, uh, that bad. You know, we won the Coastal Plain League Championship that year. My point is, I developed. That was two years after my, you know, it was two years later. And I think it's important people to understand, like, not everyone's getting offered in eighth grade, but I think that's what drives a lot. So parents will point to the power five D1 coaches and say, you say one thing, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. You say one thing, but yet you do this. And I argue, wait a minute, there's like 20 kids in the country that get that, that are that good. Like, I don't mean that literally, but there's not that many. That's a very small fraction. Isn't there something to be said? Aren't there still kids that develop as sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school that still get attention and looks? Or is it like everyone's afraid of missing this runaway train? Can you talk a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, you know, this This is tough. You know, the whole the whole recruiting, college baseball recruiting, because it's, it's, it's transitioned, Nick, to being so early and early. And so it starts to give people this feeling that, well, geez, if I'm not getting offers when I'm in ninth grade or 10th grade, maybe I'm not a major division one player or things like that. And it's totally wrong. It's incorrect. Right. And so, you know, we're still recruiting players that, um, you know, I mean, we're still lo- looking for one more senior player right now. 
right? And so, you know, we're watching, you know, what's going on in perfect game down in Jupiter to see if somebody pops it. Maybe we add another player to our recruiting process. So I don't believe it's ever too late. Um, what I would encourage people to do is two things, okay? One, develop, right? Don't get caught. It's dreams and goals are fine. There's nothing wrong with having dreams and goals of aspiring to play at the highest level sure. in whatever your sport is. That's great. We need to have kids that have that. But that can't drive everything. What needs to drive everything is two things. One, your development as a player, all right? Even those kids that commit in the ninth grade, hey, guess what, Nick? You, I mean, you know this. If they don't develop, by the time they get to those college campuses, they're going to get passed by and they're not going to play. Sure. So first and foremost, development can't, get, can't stop. Be consumed with developing and becoming a winning championship player, right? Not just being a great skills player. Being a winning championship player, what it takes to help your team win, all right? Don't ever lose sight of that. Whether you commit as a ninth grader or your opportunity doesn't come until after your senior year in high school, keep developing. Be consumed with getting better. Just because you get that opportunity at a young age doesn't mean that you have it figured out. you got to keep, keep progressing moving forward. The second thing I, I would share would be there's a, a lot of great options out there. Yeah, are there 298 Division One programs? Yeah, sure they are. But that doesn't, as you said, that doesn't provide too many opportunities across this country. And now, you know, that worldwide of opportunities for kids to come and play college baseball. So there is incredible, incredible opportunities at Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, junior college. Never turn your nose up to an opportunity, right? Because you can have a great experience no matter where you're at. Hey, Nick, you know, the Division Three coach in Nebraska that has his Division Three program in Nebraska, he cares just as much about his baseball program as Brian O'Connor does about the University of Virginia. Sure. Right? No question. And he gives his kids a great experience just like they have here. It's just a little bit different resources. We got a little bit bigger of a stadium. We might have three, eight, three more sets of uniforms that they have, but it doesn't mean that you can't have an unbelievable experience like you had playing for Coach Fox at Westland, right? You can have a great experience, and it can help mold and develop you. And, hey, who knows? That might lead to the major leagues. That might lead to opportunities, right? So don't turn your nose up to anything, and remember, development never stops. You never know when that opportunity is going to come your way. Coach, you're crushing it. You got me fired up. Tell me this. You got a room full of ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th graders, and their parents in a room. You know, they're looking at you. They're listening. Like, what can kids and their parents do to get themselves? What can the parents do to help the kids get themselves in a position to become college athletes? They might not be full scholarship D1 kids, but they can play somewhere. Right. Well, I think it first starts with us as parents, right? That uh, one, you know, like I mentioned earlier, don't try to do everything for them. Right. Make them figure it out. I talk about it every camp, every camp that we that we have. You know, I talk about failure and, and letting them fail. Right. And that that's good and not trying to do everything before them. Right. The other thing that I would say, Nick, is, uh, you know, you got to try to put them in the, the the most competitive environment that they can develop in. That also, you know, gives them opportunities if they so choose to play other sports like we talked about at the beginning. Right. Don't believe that you live in this silo. It's got to be this one thing. Right. Uh, get them in a, an environment where they're challenged every day that they, st they step on the field or the court. Right. That they're surrounded by coaches that are passionate about what they're teaching. 
you know, a lot of coaches are telling that they have the answers, right? Nobody has all the answers in this game, right? But does that coach have passion? Does he teach with passion? Is he there to challenge your player and have them continue to develop every day to be the best player that they can be? I also would say that be consumed with being a great teammate. People ask me all the time, hey, coach, you know, what does it, what do you look for in a player? That's a really tough question. There's a lot that goes into that. But first and foremost, we want guys that want to be great teammates, right? And secondly, we want guys that are winners, right? We want guys that love to compete and win. You know, we can talk all about, you know, are players more prepared now than they were 20 years ago to play and win the game in college and things like that? You know, a lot's been done on that, right? You know, just do everything you can to have your young person learn how to be a great teammate and learn how to compete and win. That's Brian O'Connor, head baseball coach at the University of Virginia. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 